This is a Tasmanian potato lover if I've ever seen one. March 24, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 37. On an Equinox with 30% pop, I'm Abel Kirby. And doing the robot, I'm Cold Acid. Beep boop, beep boop. That's my robot sound. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So, I was thinking more of the dance, but... Uh, well, that's the... Uh, whatever. That, that's what happens when I do the robot. This is all everyone hears. <laughs> <laughs> get booed off the stage like it's some kind of game show I'm losing. Oh, man. So we all want to know. The The chat room really wants to know. Cold, did you find that librarian you're looking for? No, I don't have that librarian <laughs> yet, but I'm looking forward to having her mm. in every way. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> oh, boy. I got a drink suited for a library. All I got is green tea today. Taking it a little easy. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Yep, yep. It's spring, but it's Me? mellow, you know? Yeah. Well, me, I got something a little different than what I've had the last few episodes. Ooh, nice pop. Yeah. It's more than 30% pop. Thornbury Honey Crisp. Honey Crisp. Is that a honey wild? Crisp cider. Wild Thornberry, huh? Yeah. Does it taste like Donnie? Let's see what it tastes like. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nor does it taste like Nigel. Ah, uh, well. That's the premium flavor. <laughs> what is it? So what's it taste like? Eh, it's it's not the best cider. Oh, well, that's a dud. That is a dud. They, that might be less than 30% pop. That's like 10% pop. Yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, I was looking at... Um, but I hadn't had it, I hadn't had it before, so I was like, okay, this is one that I haven't seen yet. Let's give it a shot. Mm. And, well, it's drinkable. Whether or not I'm going to actually finish it by the end of the show, who knows? Yeah. I was looking at weather reports. Uh, I think you and I have the same kind of weather today. It looked like it was kind of a little rainy, a little bit overcast, and kind of humid. Is that a, is that a true Oh, report? that all disappeared by noon. Oh, really? Yeah. We had, like, when I went out earlier, like around 11.30 even, it was nice and sunny. Jeez, I'm envious now. We've had uh, rain all day, and in fact, I uh, the the only little bonus is I got to go uh, leave work a little early because the power all went out. <laughs> so uh, we lost Yikes. power. So I had to go run around the lab because everything's on a battery backup, right? But you don't want to let the battery backup run out. So it has enough juice to keep things going until you can go and cleanly power everything down in a controlled way. And so I did that, and I wrapped up, and I got the hell out of work. Sitting around in the dark doing nothing. And that's uh, the kind of thing that was going on. It sounded like you had a, a, a day kind of like that, too, uh, as we were talking before. Oh, the yeah. Show. Just a lot of things going wrong. Well, it started off with me checking about uh, RAM prices mm -hmm. on uh, on the site for this, uh, for this company here called Canada Computers. Mm -hmm. And I saw that... Uh, that RAM that had the speed that I wanted and the and at 32 gigs and supposedly could be used at that speed with my motherboard was on sale for 219 for a pair of sticks. Mm -hmm. So I went to buy two pairs of sticks. So now I have 64 gigs of RAM 
in this baby. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, trying to use the uh, trying to use the high speeds for the RAM doesn't seem to want to work. When I have it at the full 3200, it causes even the BIOS to crash. Jeez. So that's, yeah. uh... And then when and then when I have it at three three thousand instead, BIOS is fine, and then Windows crashes at various points between <laughs> the boot up and moments after I've logged in. Different a different uh a different uh error code each time it seems, at a different point each time. And I don't know if it's because the RAM or if it's because I'm using uh, an insider build of Windows 10. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I've got I've got a lot more RAM, but I still got the same slow speed. Yeah, that's a shame. And what do you learn about? I know you were talking about this uh, when you put RAM in a motherboard. You really want to put it into two. Uh, usually, the the slots on the board come in pairs. Um, and you want to occupy each each um, each of those slots with at least uh, so that so that each slot and its neighbor has the same speed set up so you can run them at the highest highest speed. Um, did you did anything well, come out of that research? I know you're talking about that is, for a little while. Besides, was that the result? As was, it is, what it, what it turns out is is all the RAM will run at the at the same speed, the lowest the lowest speed of whatever pairs you have set up. And now also, like if you're doing dual channel, then you want to have them, you want to have the dims in aligned slots. So it's usually like you've got A1, B1, A2, B2. So you'd want like, if you've got like a dual channel, you'd want like an A1 and A2, B1 and B2, right? As the pairs that you get them. Right. There's also apparently you can get like a four dim set that all works together, and you gotta put them. You gotta put them in, and it doesn't matter which one they go in if you've only got the four slots for dims in the motherboard. Yeah. And then there's of course also like single channel, and but like dual channel seems to be the sweet spot. Yeah. That's what everybody seems to support. And so just uh. To be clear, you have all the same RAM, the same make and model, and everything. All the DIMMs in your system that of the one that's crashing, they're all the same uh, make fact, and model, right? Yeah. In fact, even uh, even the same production dates on them. Wow. I think the serial numbers of the four may all be uh, may all be sequential, even. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, this uh, you should keep us updated on this because well, I'm, I'm interested in this. I said uh, I said I wanted to get uh, two kits, and there were four there. It pulled them pulled them off the wall right next to each other, and I'm actually I actually started up CPU Z so I can so I can look at the serial numbers on them because Metis has my number. Yes, I am a nerd sometimes, <laughs> not all the time. Sometimes I am a cool guy, and he's a nerd. Well, we heard, but normally normally it's the other way around. We heard um, Metis uh, the other day on Abs in a Six Pack. Did you catch that uh, that episode? No, I missed it. I need to hear it because <laughs> I heard about uh, I heard about the time travel that he was talking about with Nick the Rat. Yeah. Oh my God, that was a show. I was listening to that. I I was judging every person on that show uh, harshly 
with everyone's opinion about a movie. Judging? Was, oh, yeah. I, I think it was, uh, it was a great show, actually. With Nick the Rat on there. I didn't expect him to be on the show, too. And uh, the guy's entertaining, let me tell you. Oh, he is definitely an entertaining character. He's a... Uh, He's quite a guy. Uh, speaking of movies, speaking of movies, I was before gonna go, Monday's I was... episode Hog Story. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to make this quick interjection. Sure. We were actually listing off a whole bunch of like super great movies, like ones that everybody needs to watch before they die. Yeah. Like Alien <laughs> or Glengarry Glen Ross. This is a list. That was pretty interesting. Is this I, a list posted somewhere? Yeah. It was it? I should just. No, I should just take the log file from uh, from Monday night and just trim it down to everybody's suggestions and post it somewhere. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that was Hog Story had their episode 168, Man Trunks, uh, recently. Um, actually, midway through that, I haven't finished it yet. Um, what else do we have? We had um, Grumpy Old Ben's episode Metis 145. Metis was on on Thursday. Uh, yeah. Um, the previous episode to that. Uh, Grumpy Old Ben's episode yep. 145, Too Hot to Spotify. And before that, they had that, uh, uh, I, I've been listening to some of their episodes live just on and off. Um, and so I can't remember the show number of that one. I think I tuned in on and off. Yeah, I noticed playing. you pop in every so often <laughs> on uh, on Mondays and Fridays now. Yeah, I've been doing a little more. Usually, well, I, there's no promises. I'm not committing to listening to podcasts live. As you know, that's not something I would ever do. But uh, that's fun. It, it's a, it's a... Yeah, it's a heavy commitment. And then tonight, uh, we have, after our show, uh, Abs in a Six-Pack is going live, I think, at 8.30. So after we wrap up and, and we do our uh, post-show stuff, we'll, we're, we'll clock out at about 8.30. Because Abs in a Six-Pack has Ryan Bemrose as a guest. And I don't know what their topic is. It's got to be something. You Any uh, any insight into what? I think what's... I'm gonna listen to All it just I because I want to hear it, Ryan that rage quit from gonna the show. Probably going to be rant filled. I would. I would. Yeah, he he's not going to rage quit. He's just going to rage. Well, yes. I I want to see how it's, many. It's Darren who rage quits, not Ryan. I want to see how many uh, Alex Jones clips uh, Sir Seat Sitter can can uh, play in a row before uh, Ryan just disconnects. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh boy, so that'll be coming up well, at, uh, well, at eight thirty. Yeah, Who's gonna Who's gonna be the bookie for this uh, chat room? Who's gonna be the bookie? What's the, <laughs> over what's the over under? <laughs> oh boy! Oh, speak of the devil! Oh, speak of the devil! Oh, did he pop in chat? No, yeah, it's on no agenda social. Ah, there we go. Standing by, <laughs> waiting, waiting for his turn to get up on the the podium. Oh man! Yeah, like I said, he, it's not him who will rage quit. We'll We'll find Darren's out. Darren's the rage quitter. We'll find out. <laughs> Uh, well, we got a little bit of. Uh, I'm never gonna let him live that down. We're uh, we got a little you bit. Know, of, you know, you know, yeah, you know about Darren. I used to consume Leo. I, you he used to consume Leo. Woo! He All used right. to consume Leo. Yeah. Uh, do you know what it sounded like? That's what it sounded like. <laughs> that's I still. That's a. I don't know. I play that all the time. I, did I tell you on the show that was Darren O'Neill? Yeah, my one little clip. Me. Yeah. You know, I think that they should do. Every once in a while, I hear Darren talking about doing a, a show that's not Grumpy Old Ben's, and they, it's like, should it be a call-in show or something after No Agenda? You know, something live. And I was thinking about what would be a good show, and, and 
actually, I was thinking about the programming on No Agenda stream and trying to come up with what are the genres, what are the the sort of standard things that you would see in, you know, on television programming schedules, things like that, that we don't have yet. And you know what we're missing? You're supposed to do that advice show. Well, advice show. Do you know, you know what we don't have on that would be great to put on right after No Agenda stream? And I'm just putting this out there. What about a game show? A no agenda game show. A game you know? show podcast. Well, you know, live. You have a, one or two contestants. You got a pool to draw from, and you got to give them trivia questions and or, or whatever. I don't know what the contest is, but I bet you could put together a kick-ass live game show. Probably could. And on that uh, note, I got a couple of clips from stupid game show shit because <laughs> I was thinking about it too. Oh, nice uh, segue. As you know, the Rare Encounter show is not above just going onto YouTube and clipping random stupid shit to play on the show to fill time. So uh, maybe some of that came into here, but I went on and I, and I got a bunch of the worst uh, questions and answers from uh, from a couple game shows. I clipped like 24 fucking clips, so I'm not going to play them all, but I, I, I could pick a couple. I think most of these are from Family Feud. If you got Family Feud, it's impossible to just pick a few. <laughs> there is like some real gold on that show. Well, I got I got some uh, some some uh, Family Feud here we can all listen to. And, uh, these are just the questions and the answers. I tried not to leave too much else in there. So here's, here's a couple ones right here. Here's uh, Steve Harvey. Give me a boy's name that starts with the letter H. Jose. Yeah, Jose. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These have been going around. Here's a couple. Here's another one. Name something that's hard to do with your eyes open. Read. It mm. <laughs> <And> here's the, <laughs> now. Read this one. This one makes all of the best of clips. Uh, it, it's probably my personal favorite for creativity. Name something that follows the word pork. You pine. Huh? <laughs> good answer good answer good answer good answer yeah it's a lot of shit like that there are some other oh, um, the one the one i the one that i always love is uh is when he asks like what, what does uh what does Burglar never want to see oh and i got that hey like, hey i got it i got the it. button really hard i Make got it. it oh you got it you got, got play it. it play yeah. it play it yeah here we go something a burglar would not want to see when he breaks into a house naked uh, grandma naked huh <laughs> it's all this huh? kind of stuff. Yeah. Name a part of the body that gets bigger yeah, as adults get older. Freddy penis. Oh, I got uh, some Richard Karn. Uh, <laughs> it was Richard Karn, right? Um, he hosted Family Feud. Uh, and I got, I don't know, I think I have one clip with yeah, him. Yeah, for on. a while. Yeah, I got one clip from him. Name an animal whose eggs you'd probably never eat for breakfast. Hamster. Hamster. <laughs> <laughs> Good old hamster eggs. Yeah, frame yeah. up with some toast. <laughs> some toast, and I don't know what you put with that. Fish bacon or something. Vegetable bacon. It's going to be something gross Fish like bacon. that. Fish bacon. Yeah, I don't All know. Right. I got more. If the show stalls, you know, hit, nudge me really hard, and I'll play like five more. <laughs> oh, man. We had a um, little news story, because we cover snack foods, apparently, on Rare Encounter. There was a story out of Oklahoma. Yes, we do. Uh, did you see the coverage of the Oklahoma stolen Doritos truck? No, no, this is new to me. Yeah, so Tell a guy me about this. A guy in uh, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, was uh, he's driving around delivering Doritos to gas stations. I think he parked at a Circle K. And the way these guys, I don't know what they do um, in all the other municipal areas, but they, they do this in in uh, 
you know, the Denver area too, especially in the smaller towns. What happens is they go in, they just leave the car running, they leave the truck running, they leave all the doors open, they go and bring their stuff in and they take it out, whatever. And that's how they unload everything because, you know, there's nothing going on. You just park the car with the, leave the engine running. And a guy jumps in. Yeah, here uh, they don't leave, here they don't do that because, uh, like, the Enviro-Nazis will, like, have a shit fit and then, and then, like, Cops will have to come and give them a ticket for, oh, you ran your engine idling for more than three minutes uh, and somebody complained. Jeez, Louise. The, um... Yeah, lo- I know, it's... Lo- local news, um, Oklahoma News 4, uh, I clipped a little bit of their story for it on KOFR. Ultimately leading law enforcement on a pursuit that lasted more than 80 miles and spanned three counties. I would love to know the motivation of stealing a truck that's very, very easy to spot and that doesn't go very fast. Uh, What do you think that you're going to do with a truck like that? Police catching up to the stolen vehicle a few blocks away, but he kept going despite deputies trying to stop the truck. Uh, Eventually, the the tires on that truck went flat, and that's what ultimately caused it to stop. Angela Shen, Oklahoma's News 4. Yeah, I don't think that cop was being forthcoming. Because in the other news stories I read about it, it sounded like the police actually shot out all the tires on the, the Doritos truck after their chase. They, they got about 90 minutes away from home, and they're like, yeah, we're going to have to drive back, so just take them, <laughs> take them out now. So they got sick of following him around for <laughs> whatever he said, too, way too long. And so they, uh, they shot out the tire and uh, pulled him out. I wonder it, if he just had a really bad case of the munchies. <laughs> Looking at his been. mugshot, it, it's possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to get the the mug. Sh- I didn't want to add a ton of pictures to my show notes. So, if you want to grab it, I don't. I didn't think it was that great. Oh yeah, that's that, that's going in. That's definitely going it, in. It looks like a mug this shot. Guy, you this know? guy's got like, it, it's definitely a mug shot, and he's got he's got drug addict written all over him. Oh yeah, he was a multiple offender. They'd had him. Uh, he'd stolen cars before, and he was wanted in a bunch of places. Somehow he like stole cars in Alaska too. It was some weird rep sheets, kind of out there. Wow. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just a hobby for him. He just he just enjoys joyriding. Yeah. Well, let's see. What else do we got? Um Oh, speaking of Alaska, um Alaska's flag showed up on a list and, and I'm no, I'm really pulling things out here. Um the North American Vex Vex you're gonna have to help me with this pronunciation the vexillological 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 Vexillological. association um which is the um what is it the study or the science the appreciators of flags and sigildry uh in in north american is the study of flags so i found some old uh stories on uh a report that they put out in 2001 so it's kind of dated um, it was still interesting, though. Uh, it's a poll that they conducted um, rating all of the flags in North America. Um, and this is states and uh, provinces of Canada. I, I didn't see anything from Mexico on the list. Maybe they were just further down. Um, but they had a ranking of the 10 best flags and the 10 worst flags. And I put that in there. Uh, let me see if I can... I don't really want to link the PDF yeah, I'm to looking the at, I'm room. looking at the worst flags, and I have to agree. It's like... These guys just phoned it home. They're like, "Let's just take our steel, our our state seal, put it and put it on, put it on a solid background, and call it a day." The Lazy thing, fuckers. The thing that I oh noticed, yeah, a couple of them, a couple of them have their have their state name on there as well, just to yeah. just to liven it up a bit. Like, 
It was like Kansas and Montana. Wisconsin's also got the year that they became a state, so that's a little extra. But yeah, like you look at those, you look at the ones that are the best flags, and yeah, you've got like nice, catchy sort of designs, and then you've got like these. We just we just threw the seal on there and called it a day, just phoning in their flags. Yeah, Un- unfortunately, the Colorado flag, the Colorado state flag, which I'm still convinced is one of the best um, flags to put on a hoodie. And I know there's varying opinions about whether you should actually wear flags or and everything uh, if it's disrespectful or not. But I'll tell you what, the Colorado state flag looks great on a hoodie. And if you hang out around there, you see them all the time. It's really good. And I think it ranked particularly low they ranked came in at 16 i think it should should have been up on the top um well and now i gotta look at the flag mm. and... well you're looking i'm gonna read off the top uh it, five it, make, it makes me think of, it makes me think of those like flags that you see that cities have for themselves yeah well I don't, the logo's great i like uh, it. Um, it or like a, or like or like a college logo right it's that's probably why it looks good on a hoodie. Yeah, it, they stylize it too. Well, they'll they'll stretch out. So the Colorado flag, what it looks like is, um, it has like a, how would you describe it? It there's I know there's a language for describing these things, but I don't speak it, so I'll just say what it looks like to me. It's a red C, the letter C, and with a kind of a red, uh, a uh, a yellow sun in the middle, and it has a white stripe behind it. And what they'll do is they'll stretch out the white stripe so it kind of goes all across the breast of the hoodie. And so, you know, they'll stylize it like that and they'll put it on shirts and stuff and it looks great. I can, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So the top uh, five, I, I, I I definitely, I, I definitely think that probably 16th place is probably about where it deserves. I don't know. I don't particularly like the Maryland one. Maryland came in four. Something about them. Take a look at that one too. I put it in my, it's way up in the, the top. Um, I think it's page two. Oh yeah, that's. That's super busy. It's a super high frequency, (laughs) and it has it's it's like like a it's like from somebody's shield. It's like it's like the design from somebody's shield in the Middle Ages turned into a flag. Yeah, we'll put all these in the uh, in the show notes, or or at least the top. uh, I have the top five best flags and the bottom five, which are the the worst flags. yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna link the whole PDF into the into the show notes, and everybody can look at that. Yeah, sure. Uh, let me read them off. So the top couple best ones were New Mexico, and that's the uh, their flag looks like a yellow. It's a yellow field with like a it's like a stylized cross. I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. It has sort of their state logo uh, right in the middle. It's not a typical looking thing, you know. It could be a brand. Uh, uh, you know, logo or something. You could put it on a pair of shoes the, the or something. Field, fit the in. field, you you say or, the French for gold. Gold. Um, then we have Texas uh, came in two, uh, number two. Uh, Quebec has their flag for number three. Maryland was number four. We talked about that. And Alaska, I think, is interesting because there's only a couple flags that have um, stars on them that re they represent actual stars. A lot of the times, uh, flags will have a bunch of stars all over it, and the stars represent something more abstract, like, you know, the American flag has 50 stars for the 50 states. But there's only a few that I can think of. One is Alaska, and the other is um, 
I think it's New Zealand and... Uh, New Zealand? Yeah, I think it's where, New Zealand has the Southern Cross on it. the Southern Cross. And so the Alaska flag just has the constellation of the Big Dipper with... Or is that the little... Uh, it's one of the Dippers with I think Pol it's the, Polaris. It's one of the Dippers. I believe that's supposed to be the uh, Polaris at the top uh, right corner. Yeah, then it. it has to be the Big Dipper because yeah. Polaris is part of the Little Dipper. There we go. And if it's standing alone... So there, there you go. Um, the worst ones really fast were... <laughs> Let's go from the, uh, let's count down for the, the last five worst. We had New Hampshire, Idaho, Wisconsin, and Wisconsin is one of these that just says the word Wisconsin <laughs> right across the top. Kentucky, um, they have some interesting choices with colors on the Kentucky flag. We'll find out. Uh, again, again, each of these is like the state seal on a, on like a blue field. Yep, and all the blue is inconsistent. They keep and changing the shade of And not all of them, like, it. azure blue, but, like, New Hampshire's is, like, tealish, I guess? Yeah. And Minnesota's, like, a, it's like a bright sky blue yep. for the field. And, of course, Minnesota is at the bottom of the list. And there you go. There's your flag report, your rare encounter. <laughs> uh, survey of flags conducted uh, way too long ago for anyone to care about. The vexillology discussion. Yes. I think we should find a more modern uh, poll. And if they don't have a uh, more modern poll, we should conduct one. Yeah, we can conduct one. There's nothing that says we can't conduct one. So why don't we do that? Well, like, even if we yeah, don't make we'll a just, poll. We'll just call up a thousand people across the <laughs> continent just at random. And... I was thinking you and I just sort of pick the ones we like and, and diss the ones we don't and then claim it was a poll. That's what I was thinking. Oh, the easy way, the Bemrose way. <laughs> I mean, just just a poll. You just make it up, right? Oh, uh, well. Yeah. So well, you... everybody knows that 67% of all facts are made up. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's uh, let's do a stinger here. What do we got? I got, uh, how about one of these? I made 100 people and asked them to name a way of toasting someone. Michelle. Over a fire. Over a fire. <laughs> toasting someone. I like the way she thinks. Yeah, here's one. Tell me a slang term that means wife. Bitch. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. What the the thing you miss in the audio for He's some sleeping of these on is the, the couch. Uh, yeah. What you miss is the just the reactions of everyone else at the uh, at the uh, podiums there when he says that. Oh boy. Do you have any from from like the newlywed show? Newlywed show, yeah, I got one. Here's a newlywed. Police commissioner said, I think Batman and Robin are blank. Queer. There's <laughs> <laughs> the newlywed show. Now, there's, there's one from the newlywed show that I found really funny, and it's because, it because the guy, like, was horrible with math, and <laughs> everybody thought, everybody thought that, that, that the wife was bad at math until because like first she's got to like present what she thinks his answer is going to be right yeah and they're like no he's not going to say that that's so <laughs> wrong and then it's the exact thing he, he said and he explains his totally wrong logic yeah and I'm just like yeah she knows her man unfortunately that one doesn't work in audio but I did see that I didn't clip it because you need to see the uh, you need to see her writing yeah down yeah the you have to see it. 
So they ask her, how how uh, how many decades would your husband say that his mother has lived? And she goes, she has no idea what she's doing. She's like, ah, ten decades. <laughs> and anyway, it's a uh, cuts to uh, the the husband comes out. And they ask him. So how many decades would uh, has your mother lived? He goes, oh, well, uh, I don't know what a decade is. And he goes through this whole convoluted routine where he comes up and says, I don't know, so, I don't know, uh, I don't know six years a decade, that's uh, ten decades. <laughs> and he's, and he's uh, you know, they deserve each other is what it comes down to. They deserved each other. Yeah. They're both terrible at math. <laughs> it, it was it was great. She she understood him. Yeah. And that that's what's important. They're a good couple. Ah, uh, boy. So we could do speaking, that. Speaking of couples, how about visual novels? Because there's couples involved with that. Couples. And I pointed, I pointed you to something because like, I was just, I was just like uh, remembering, remembering the good old days when we'd hang out on another IRC network and talk VNs and stuff with the with the Katawa Shoujo community. Oh yeah. And so this is yeah. the link you sent and, me. Uh, I remember. You yeah. see, I remember this generator, but it's not the one I I remember the most. But this is the visual novel random idea generator. Yeah, the one you probably remember is the one that did, like, cover art for visual novels. Uh, for light novels, I think. Right? But, so what, tell me about this oh, one, the light, Yeah, the light novel cover generator. That was pretty decent, too. What's, uh, that wasn't me, though. Yeah, tell me about this one. What's this one do? So this one, I actually had it where, where I'd pull the tags from uh, VNDB. And then it would random. It would just like take a random selection of tags, throw yes. them together, and say, "Okay, here, here's, here's the, here's the tags that you've got to figure out a plot for." Jeez, picking anything random on VNDB is kind of rolling the dice, man. <laughs> Get some weird shit. Yeah, I know, that. I know. I just I opened the tab up, and these are the tags that I got. Oh, jeez. Father, son, incest. <laughs> God hero, magic, trains, and werewolf heroine. Ah, okay, so this is the this is the story prompt. You're supposed to write a story that has all these elements in it. Yes, it's yes. Trains. Your task: create the plot of a visual novel utilizing these elements. Oh boy, that's terrible. Trains. <laughs> I'll generate. I'll, yeah, trains. I'll generate another one. See what comes up. Yeah. Heroine, not heroin. Heroine? Boobery was saying in the chat, uh, werewolf heroin and no, heroine, like female hero. She's the one who boards and the actually, train. Werewolf heroin does sound like a good band name. <laughs> okay, next one. <laughs> location display, which is, in other words, these games tell you the name of the location the current scene takes place. Usually by a display that pops up at the start of the scene at the corner of the screen. Okay. Platform game, poetry, production of pornography in <laughs> brackets, professional, professional, and stripping. And for the, the stripping tag is not about like strippers. It's the main focus or goal of this game is to strip the characters out <laughs> of their clothes. Professional. Po so this is, you know what this is? I don't know what you're hearing. I'm hearing game show. Involving poetry and jumping from platform to platform? Yeah, we could do this on... Uh, Must be a know, Japanese no game stream. show for sure. No Agenda Stream. That's our game show. We can <laughs> no, this, this, is, this is like one of those weird Japanese game shows. Uh, play with me. Play with me. 
All right, I'm gonna hit um, uh, random. Oh, jeez, oh, Louise! I think resident locked up. I'm on uh, VNDB and I hit random visual novel, and I got Jasmine, hot wife for life. You see, that could be me. I could be the hot wife for life. That could be the name of our game show. Okay. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm looking at the screenshots, Doug. This is one of these uh, 3D. Um, you know, it's oh God, the horrible poser, the horrible the poser 3D ones. poser art. Yeah. Where oh all God. the all the uh, the the graphics in the game are renders from oh who makes that it's posers like Smith Micro or someone makes that uh makes that software and there's oh other ones God. out there too like Daz Studio and stuff and it's all like yeah everything is super like, uncanny soulless God yeah it's it's fucking creepy <laughs> all right I'm posting this picture in the uh, chat room this is the hot wife for life. <laughs> this is what we're talking about find real hot wives here <laughs> at this restaurant with this four leaf clovers inside a vase what oh god she looks like she's gonna bite some dick <laughs> off she's like she's like a vampire for dicks <laughs> oh my god you just hit the pedal didn't you it's a silent pedal you can't hear it Look at this guy. I can he, tell because I said something. I said something ridiculous and clippable. Something great for use out of context. He's eating. What's he eating? It's supposed to be like bacon on mashed potatoes with a side of broccoli. Oh man! All right. So what do we got now? Oh, I promised. I promised to keep playing these things every time we need to. Uh, how about one of these? Name something you feel before you buy it. Excited. And of course, we need the the, the deadpan ones. <laughs> the, here's here's the deadpan ones. Man of the world traveled all over the world. Something Russia is famous for, Bob. Russians. <laughs> uh, like, He's not wrong. You like the literalists, huh? <laughs> all right, moving on. What do we got for? Well, like I say, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. No, he's technically right. Technically correct. The best. Yes, the best kind of correct. Oh boy! In terms of, uh, I, I had to. I'm sorry. Well, Not I was sorry. I was trying to bait you into it. Um, we had a little bit of news from um, PotatoPro.com. The news is not that important. It's just about Tasmanian potato producers. Uh, the only reason I put the story in at all is because I like the picture that was in it. Uh, the picture is this guy holding sacks of potatoes. Yeah, he looks pretty proud. Yeah, yeah. This guy. This is a Tasmanian potato lover, if I've ever seen one. Let me get a link for... Uh, Yum Tasmanian Gourmet Potato Factory. Yeah. Could you pop that link in the chat room if you have it open? I closed it because I'm stupid. Oh, yeah, sure. I got the tab open. Yeah. Even Just, right in front of me. Ah, there we go. Tasmanian Potato Producer. so happy. Yeah. Check this guy out. So That's, proud and beardy. He's got the... Apparently, what does it say? Warhead Potatoes? I don't know what it's supposed to say. Warhead potatoes. I don't know. Read that bag. What's it say on the yellow label? It says yum. And then what's it say? Something potatoes. Does it say warhead potatoes? Maybe it's for a potato cannon, you know? Washed potatoes? <laughs> oh, that could be it. Well, now they took all the fun out of it. The other bag is potatoes, though. The other bag is onions. Yeah. Gotta get that food. Potatoes and onions. He's diversifying. <laughs> all right. Uh, we had a little bit of... Uh teaser news this isn't really news 
Um, but there was some reports that uh, Discord shopping around for people who might want to buy them. You know, the company Discord who makes that really crappy chat program that I hate. I'm not sure. Is it that the, that somebody they're looking for a buyer? I thought it was more like like uh, Microsoft's just making the offer. No, um, I, I pulled up. I went through a couple articles. So the first one I saw, I think was on someone linked the verge and I went and I found something else. And, and the story, it sounds like it came from was, um, oh, maybe the verge actually broke the story. I don't know. The reporting from Bloomberg, um, describes it as the person who's feeding the information. Oh, I guess it was venture beat. Maybe that was Monday, uh, is talking to a bunch of different places and which sounds plausible, you know, I guess if you're one of these companies, you're kind of talking to everyone all the time to see what, you know, what kind of offer they're going to make. But the, uh, the skinny that everyone's talking about is that the front runner is Microsoft and the, and the alleged offer is $10 billion, whether that's true or More not. More than $10 billion. The, uh, whether that's true or not remains to be seen, but it's something to think about, you know, it, let's say you really didn't like yeah. Microsoft and you invested, you know, you have a bunch of personal information on Discord. Well, they, that that server can change hands without you having anything to do with it, no having no say in it. And suddenly, a company you don't trust is uh, is controlling all your uh, your PII. Yeah. Well, I mean, I heard. I'm pretty sure that uh, Darren and Ryan were talking about that on uh, Grumpy Old Ben's on Monday, at least in passing. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely talked uh, It was definitely talked about last night on DH Unplugged, and I for, I forget if it was uh, I forget if it was Dvorak or Horowitz who said it, but one of them said it's probably Microsoft is Microsoft wants to buy them for their for the users and merge this thing in with their Xbox stuff. Yeah, and then the other was like, well, there's probably all. I think it was Horowitz who said, who said like, Microsoft probably wants them for the user base, and Dork said there's probably already a lot of overlap. Yeah. Well, that would put them, the thing, Carplanes is pointing out correctly that, uh, that Skype wasn't always owned by Microsoft. They were developed, in, I think, Estonia, if I remember my history correctly. Yes, Estonia. It, and then there is a... <laughs> There was a meme that was going around right when everyone was starting to do Zoom calls or something like that, where it, they had baited the uh, the Skype Twitter account to do a bunch of, uh, it was like a fill in the blank, where it was like, um, you know, uh, I forget, it was like Instagram yellow and, and uh you know, some other different, different companies and colors, and then it had Skype and fill in the blank, and so the Skype... Uh, account replies back skype blue and he replies back skype blew a, a 10-year lead over a zoom you know was what they said oh yeah. is pointing out that uh geez for a company that it, it, it skype just still sounds like shit now clean feed we, yeah. we have some issues with the way that sounds too but you know it's just surprising to me it's still i think sounds i like think crap. the big issue for us with clean feed is that we're not paying for it when we should, so that we have, so that we have like a separate channel for each of us in the recording, eh. and then when we talk over each other, we can actually sort that out afterwards. So I, we're not talking over each other so much. I won't be doing that. I'm not gonna. You can do that editing if you want, but I'm not going to. That's um, just maybe if I had a decent internet connection <laughs> here at home. Yeah, I think that that's the 
the driver uh, is the, the bandwidth hiccups where we lose packets and uh, turn into robots, little robots for a minute. And that's my robot sound. Does not compute. Dot, 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 dot. All right, Cole, what do you got for yeah. topics? So, bring me, bring me so into So Bemrose something. says that would take editing. No podcaster wants to do that. And I have one reply to that. Aaron fucking O'Neill. He would do that. It's a big time sink, if you ask me. Editing Not really. Me. I mean, if you, got a, if you got decent audio editing software... Right? That lets you look at your different channels. It's not that hard to go, okay, I see overlap here. Give it a quick play. If it's actual overlap instead of just like start of one thing and end of the other where it where it's not like muddy, then you can leave it as is. If it if you've got to add a little bit of space on one of the channels and just yeah, keep going, you know going through it. until right. I've done this work before. Um, actually, we we're talking about it for visual novels. I produced some uh, uh, audio for some of these. Actually, it was one that never came out. But I got all the voice files from in the job is split them all up and, and edit each individual line if you needed to. And that I, I realize it's not that level of work, but even uh, even doing just a little bit of editing is a huge time sink. And you end up having to listen to it all again. Every time you have to, you go back and listen to the whole show before you publish it. That's a huge time sink. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Well, we've been told we've been told by Bemrose that we should do that. I'm not opposed to, to doing something that sounds better. He's complained better, about but... our sound quality in the past. Well, you know, I complain about their show quality. But, <laughs> then again, then again, I mean, he complains about everything. When I, I'm not opposed to doing something Even that gives cats. us better sound. Better sound is is always good. And so the the thing that bugs me is the reports that the uh, the drift. That happens when you have these two files that they're not always lined up the right way. And uh, this is something I really want to deal with either. That's another pain in the ass is lining stuff up after the fact. Oh, well, onward. Yeah. What do we got for topics? Bring me another topic. Onward ho. What do we got? Well, have you ever have you ever thought about making your own uh, integrated circuits? Mm, yeah, actually, I have. I've always wanted yeah, to. So I... Uh... I came across I came across something some time ago, and I I looked at it up again more recently. And this guy Sam Zalouf, who made his own integrated circuits, like in his garage, mm -hmm. like going going from like going from like the silicon wafer to actually having uh, to actually having something put in a chip package. A dual inline package at that. Hmm. So, and what kind of it, stuff was he making? Like he actually he actually worked out like a lithographic fabrication process in uh, in his garage. Jeez, it's not a it's not a very complicated not a very complicated one, but it's a uh, it's an amplifier IC that hmm. he that he created. Okay, so analog. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. If have you seen the so in a in a PMOS process, PMOS, right? And so it, like he's got pictures in there. You can see like going layout, mass generation, all the different steps that you have to go through to develop to develop the chip. Mm -hmm. Of course, I mean when you think about it, the uh, the node the node size on this is not going to be like. 
what we get for chips these days. Oh, right? yeah. With the 10, what do they have now? 10 or something nanometer uh, resolution on the it's lithography? Like, like 7 nanometers yeah. or something. It's a, that's Seven not a lot of not a lot like of wavelengths that. of light, you know. Um, so uh, the photolithographic process, the way I understand it, is one of the one of the problems is getting the the art, you know, the the configuration of what part of this surface is going to be metalized, and which part is going to have um, doping on it, and which one's going to be, you know, just nothing. It's space between different elements on the chip. Um, you can draw all that out on a computer, but then to shrink it down and get it shrunk down to a uh, to a uh, chip size, uh, what you end up doing is basically printing out for to make it simple, like a transparency, like an overhead transparency sort of thing, and then you have a uh, magnifying glass kind of apparatus, just to make it simple, where you um, just instead of magnifying the uh, the transparency, you you do the opposite and you make it as small as possible, and you focus everything to the smallest dot, and you can copy. Um, with you know accurately this giant piece of of uh, art with all the detail down to a tiny little uh, tiny little section and the better your photolithographic process is the smaller um size feature that you can actually focus on and that kind of sets you know how small you can make the chip and how many gates you can put on a chip and all that shit and to actually do that in a garage <laughs> sounds like a big project did he have uh, did he have any pictures of the equipment he used um i'm looking through uh, he's got a he's got pictures of the chemicals at least. Mm. Pictures. Oh uh, well, yeah, some uh, some of his equipment is in the pictures there. So it turned. What he says is that the gate size is about uh, hundred eighty five micrometers. Micrometers. But what? some features. Hold on. Yeah. The feature gate size is approximately 175 micrometers, although there are test features as small as two micrometers on the chip. Hmm. Now, here's something like you were mentioning about how to scale down the how to scale down the mass. Yep. So that used to be a huge problem back in the day when when you actually had to like manually draft these things out and tape and do tape out and everything. And that's why that's why back in back in the day, like in the seventies and even into the eighties, why so many why so many chips were expensive because there always be flaws and you'd always end up with like horrible yields. Oh yeah. And then and then uh, MOS technologies they ended up coming out with a processor that versus what you could get from Intel or Motorola at like 175 to 325 dollars you could get for 25 bucks a chip yeah and that just so I know that's because I, that, yeah and that's because yeah you probably know this story but I want to tell it for for our listeners anyway yeah I want to I want to say something for the benefit every, of the listeners yeah. if you don't mind um, when you said okay. we've, we've been talking about moss like PMOS. Um, that's the manufacturing process, and w w the newer ones were like CMOS. You'll see, like, oh, this is a CMOS chip or something, and that's yeah. talking about the manu. That's the manufacturing process we're talking about. Is and CMOS is sometimes they'll say, oh, CMOS is a, is a voltage level or something like that. It's actually a the complementary metal oxide semiconductor is the name of the process that they actually build the uh, the uh, circuit with. But anyway, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, PMOS is positive and MOS is negative, I believe. And 
complementary is where you're using a mix to keep things in balance. Yep. And but yeah, the company, the company in this case was MOS Technologies, where MOS again is short for metal oxide semiconductor. They went with that because I guess they thought it was uh, they thought it was a good name. And they they just started off as a foundry owned by another company and decided they wanted to they wanted to do something other than just produce other people's designs. When a bunch of when a bunch of refugees from Motorola came across them and not only gave them a microprocessor design, but also showed them how to improve their yields by actually touching up the masks every time they were resized to clean out the errors. So with every so with every time they did a shrink, would be able to they'd be able to clean it up and have less errors and therefore better yields when they actually fab chips out of it. And what we ended up with what they ended up with was the 6501 processor, which was pin compatible with the Motorola 6800, which got them in some legal trouble uh-huh. until they changed the until they changed the pin orders to create the 6502, and the rest is history. Yeah, as far as yeah, the because from there, I mean, Commodore bought them and they became Commodore Semiconductor Group. And produced uh, produced like the majority of chips for Commodore's uh, computers, not just their eight bit systems where they were pretty much the only ones doing it, but even a lot of uh, a lot of chips for the for the Amigas, like the processors for the Amiga and some some general logic like board glue chips were were produced by Motorola and sourced from wherever, but the the custom Amiga chips were all done, were all uh, fabbed in house, at least originally. Mm. I believe HP later became a second source for them as uh, as time went on. Although they, although because they were the custom chips for the Amiga, it's not like HP could sell them to anyone else. And yeah, back in the back in the eighties and nineties. Hewlett Packard actually owned their own uh, chip fabrication. Have you seen pictures of like the modern um, IC fabrication uh, machines? I can't. I'm spacing on what the name of these things are called. If I could come up with the brand name, you could type it in and get a picture. Um, where it's just like one I've machine. I've seen occasional pictures of them. It's like one machine. It kind of looks, you know, um, it's bigger than a refrigerator. It's like if you put you know, four refrigerators in a square or something like that. And it's like one machine, it's got like a robot arm um, that kind of holds the the package as it's being, uh, as it's being manufactured. It has all these different apparatuses that, that align themselves perfectly. And it, it's basically like a printer where you put in the, uh, you, some digital file that describes yeah, what in, all the gates are. You put are. in the wafer or you put in, you put in a bunch of wafers. You hit go. And it processes <laughs> them all and then repackages them. Because they have to be packaged going in, and they have to be packaged coming out, because just the just the oxygen in the air in the clean room could contaminate them. Yeah. So they're actually they're actually like hermetically sealed in cases full of uh, nitrogen gas to move from one machine to the next. Yeah, I got a picture for the 
for the uh, room. This is not the one I was looking for, but they make, I, I always thought these are sort of custom, you know, you kind of build the lab around this, the foundry. Like when I imagine what's the inside of IBM, you know, whether if, or uh, I don't know, maybe even one of these Taiwanese foundries where they make ICs, you kind of build the lab um, around the idea that you're going to have these, but they, you're going to do this process inside. And so the whole room becomes the the thing, but they, they sell these standalone um, systems where you can just buy one. If you want to make some IC and they cost a shitload of money, it's like, oh, I need to make a bunch of uh, JFETs or something like that. You can just uh, buy one of these things if you had the money and start popping them out. It's a, uh, it's kind of wild, off the shelf, you know. Yeah, even even for even for even for a facility that just uh, that just pumps out like even even like at uh, one micrometer scale, you're looking at you're looking at close to a billion dollars just to just to build the facility. Hmm. and and get the equipment for it i don't know if these new ones that like tsmc and samsung own and operate you're looking at for for a single for a single foundry location anywhere from like 15 to 20 billion dollars us oh to build they have these um systems in a lot of universities i don't think it costs that much just to make a Maybe maybe to get the highest of the high end, but um, like I know Michigan State, you well, can, because when you're doing when you're doing IC when you're doing IC stuff in a in a university setting, you're not do you're not doing like the sort the sort of uh, feature sizes and density that you do at uh, at like TSMC or Samsung or for the designs that you work on at at AMD to have somebody else manufacture because AMD is actually is actually fab free. They contract out all their production. Intel has their own fab still, but even they have a lot of external fabrication going on nowadays. Hmm. And yeah, these facilities, like one of the reason why you've got like maybe five or ten companies around the world that actually have modern fabrication facilities is because the cost of of putting them together and the cost of of figuring out how to actually create smaller feature sizes and make them more dense without having like a shit ton of quantum effects fuck everything up right it's like you have to have that sort of fuck you money to be able to do it hmm. cool well, I wish I could buy one. And That's put one why, in my like garage. this guy, this guy's process. He's only doing 175 micrometers. I'm pretty sure even the 6502 was like much smaller, much smaller feature size than that. Yeah. Well, it's cool stuff. Cool, cool stuff. Yeah, it, it's important too. I mean, I mean, if we could have like home fabs and not have like the not have like the hazardous. Uh, waste issues and everything with it it would bring us a lot further to actually having really secure computing because you can trust your own silicon versus what you're being sold by somebody else oh yeah which you can't open and inspect you know seriously you you couldn't open every chip well you can but uh but it's not a good idea and it's very difficult to 
it's very difficult to do without fucking things up. I've seen various efforts to decap chips for different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's to see what what the silicon actually is. In other cases, it's because like they're tr- they're trying to like they're. Have you ever seen visual6502.org? They actually no, have so. like a they actually have like a gate level uh, simulation of the 6502 processor in JavaScript. <laughs> and you can see like you can see like the different features how they're laid out on like a JavaScript canvas. Hmm. Right? And to do that, right, you'd actually have to see the chip itself and pretty much using a scanning electron microscope, take different pictures of it to figure out like where all the features are, what their shapes are, the interconnects, and oh, yeah. like wow. And no, there is there is nothing that JavaScript can't make less efficient. <laughs> can't make more efficient. Femrose is asking about that, and yeah. Yeah, JavaScript makes everything worse. <laughs> oh lord! Well, there is a reason they used it in Flash. <laughs> Ba-dum-tsh. Ba-dum-tsh. Yay! Yay! All right, all right. That's all something right. I need. I need. I got. A, I got something for you. I got something. Name oh, yeah? a yellow fruit. Orange. There you go. You kind of stepped on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Here I'll give you another yes, one. Yes, oranges Name are very yellow, aren't they? Three... I'll give you another one. Name an animal with three letters in its name. Alligator. <laughs> Al a gator. That's three letters, right? Yeah. Three letters. You got it. Here's another one. Something you squeeze. Peanut butter. Squeeze that peanut butter, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, uh, what do we got for wrap-up topics? We went through the, the podcast stuff already. Um, we were going to talk we a little bit. We still got to go through some animes. Yeah, we are going to do a little bit of anime. How about we do a um, quick rundown of uh, last season for anime? Uh, and I was going to... Real, real we quick do the last season do... rundown after the season's over. I still got episodes to watch. Okay, well, we'll kick that then. Um, what do you want to do instead? Next season? Yeah. So I saw that you have Nagatoro on your list as well, because who doesn't enjoy getting bullied <laughs> by a by a tan kohai, right? Well, I put it on not as something I was going to watch. I was going to put it on as something to mention. Um, I I just made a list of things that I actually recognized. So we're talking about um, this se- season of anime is coming to a close. Um, everything I was watching already wrapped up, so Higurashi is over. Um, that uh, concluded, <gasps> and they ended. Guess how they ended the last episode of Higurashi this season with a title card for wow. the summer season. They they're getting a second season through the summer. Ah, yeah. So they announced, and they uh, apparently there's some news that's going to break next week about maybe there's going to be a game tie-in or something. But yeah, they really revived this series from uh, from the doldrums and uh, kicked some ass this uh, this year. It's great. Uh, I've been talking about it for a while, so I'm not going to go into any details. But they, the main yeah, thing that so they, you, so I take it. I was going to really say enjoyed Higurashi Gore. Yeah. Um, aside from being uh, extremely violent and having some, even like very upsetting scenes about like suicide and and, and everything, they had um, one of the minor characters from the show, uh, 
from previous seasons was Sadako. And she's sort of this middle schooler who's on the side and, and she's honestly she's there to be beat up a lot because usually she's a victim in some way uh depending on what the uh what exact series she's either being like beat up by your uncle or something the bad's happening the show yeah so she's always getting like the short end of the stick or she gets killed for no reason and she gets pulled into in in this is the best part of higurashi gore is she's becomes um she starts getting all these different powers and stuff and she, i don't, I don't want to ramble on about it too much but she she basically turns into the antagonist of the series and now she's like trying to manipulate everyone around her she's she's actually pretty fucking ruthless all of a sudden so this is a great change but uh other than that everything else i was gonna watch i kind of either fell flat or it's not worth mentioning but higurashi yeah it's still great i'd say watch it it's pretty fucking good i'm looking forward to next season so what do you got <laughs> so of course i already mentioned nagatoro yeah, that's coming up. I might there's watch an episode. There's this other one that yeah, that caught my interest. Yeah. When I was scrolling through the list of what's coming up called 86. Is that like 69? No. <laughs> what what caught my attention is is what essentially looked like a tagline to me as well as the as well as the cover art on Analyst. This tagline is a war without casualties. Okay. So it's so reading the description, it sounds like it sounds like it's like the start of a drone based war. And so there's this missing or supposedly non existent sector of one of these one of these nations at war where the people there are turned into supposedly unmanned weapons that they use against uh against the country that's attacking them so okay so this is like dr robotnik my guess, it, right? my guess it's i'm not sure i'm i gotta see it but i'm thinking like this is probably drama and mecca and war always always gets my attention um that's what dr. you know robotnik about love did. love right oh okay drop it no i don't what is it love live Love, love? No, Move, love. Oh, Move, love. Yeah. yeah. Um, the visual novel series yeah. it was by so Age. You, yeah, I, the, I played it. You know the you know about the the prequel spinoff that it had? Eclipse. Move, love, eclipse. Was that it? No, no. This was a prequel spinoff. The prequel. It was. Uh, it was like in Europe. It took place in Europe in like the seventies or eighties. No, I've never heard of this. Uh. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was, uh, it was. It's getting an anime. I think they is had a game of it, but I. It had an anime, and it was like this. Well, I'll I'll stall for a kind second. Kind of depressing, dramatic one. I'll stall and tell people what Muvlove is. Uh, Muvlove was a visual novel that came out. Uh, I don't know what 2005 or something like that, and uh, it was pretty typical uh, for the genre. That is to say, it was generic as fuck and kind of boring. And it actually turned into what someone used to call it the anti-commercial for Muv Love Alternative. And so what, what you had was the um, the typical, you know, high school protagonist and he's, you know, there's just boring shit happening all the time. Uh, anyway, he has this, there's a game that they play inside the... Uh, inside the visual novel like that all the characters they go to an arcade there's a little game where you f play like oh it's fighting mecca and you and you get to play it for a little bit anyway they took that bit 
and they spun it off into its own um and and so the first one i think was called Muv love extra i think and then this, they, they had the well it was before alternative they spun it off as the second part of the game where they said oh and now everyone woke up and it's a dark you know post-apocalyptic future and it's all the same characters before. It's like uh, the Wizard of Oz, you know. You were there and you were... But it's the, it's the same characters with the same names. and subtle differences sometimes between them. Uh, but they had, um, you know, that game that they were playing, you know, kind of in the background of uh, of Muv Love. Turns, they based the Unlimited. rest of the series off of it. Yeah, unli- so it was Muv Love Extra was just shit. Um, then Muv Love Unlimited was... Okay, we're we got our robots. We're fucking fighting aliens. And it's super dark. And uh, there's all kinds of you know, sci-fi shit going on. And it was great. And they, then they did the sequel to that, uh, Muv Love Alternative, which was widely considered at the time to be one of the best visual novels that was ever produced. Uh, I don't personally think it was, but it, it, it's a very popular one. Uh, I actually didn't like it very much, but yeah. the um, what you're talking about is a prequel series to this or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I've, I got the name for it. Yeah, what is it? Schwarzmarken. Never heard of it. Schwarzmarken. Sounds German. Yes. And it actually took place in uh, in East Germany. East Germany. During, uh, yeah, during the beta invasion of Europe. <laughs> and East Germany was at that point like the... All those betas. Like, the front line between, <laughs> between the beta and uh, the rest of Europe. Don't let those betas into Europe. <laughs> It's oh, actually, it's actually it was actually pretty depressing, but really good, really good anime, and I believe there is a game for it as well. Cool. And just so we're clear, this is something that's coming up. Oh, it was a it was a manga that they turned in based on it, and it was uh, it was actually released like 2016. Hmm. So it's all it's not an upcoming show then. No, no, it, it it it's like five years old. Okay. Is there anything else to uh, yeah. add to the list? Uh, I think there is one other that I did want to. I don't know. Most of the rest is just uh, is just sequels. <laughs> Actually, I see one. I'll, I'll I'll put in the last one then because uh, I just saw it on here. I forgot about this. Um, Zombie Land Saga Revenge. There's a sequel to Zombie Land Saga coming out. And that was the, um, do, do you ever see that one? That was when they had the, uh, the first episode's great. Uh, and you ruin it if you explain it, but just the first 15 seconds of the show. It's this girl wakes up. She goes, well, I'm so happy. I'm going to go to school and all my friends will see. You. And she walks outside the door and she gets smacked and killed by a truck. And so the first like 10 seconds of the show, it's, it comes up and she gets run over by a truck. And like, as soon as it hits her, like the metal music starts playing and, um, uh, she wakes up and she's a zombie in a uh and there's some kind of guy and, and, and so what he, this this guy's got an idea where uh i'm gonna find all these girls who are zombies and we're gonna put makeup on them so no one can tell that they're actually decaying flesh and we're gonna make a band and this band is gonna go uh save the town somehow and it's fucking ridiculous the whole premise is absolutely insane um, just, I'm sure we could get the first 10 or 15 seconds of the show. It, it's, uh, it's really great. Anyway, it came out, it had some fun music in it and a bunch of stupid antics. Um, it looks like there's a sequel to it coming up called Zombieland Saga Revenge. And, uh, I think that'll do it for me. 
All right. Well, with that said, I think it's time to wrap this shindig up. We got to, uh, we got about five minutes to yep. edit the show. Coming up next is um, Abs at a Six Pack. Till then, I've been Abel Kirby. Not on our stream. Well, on someone else's stream. I've been called acid. <laughs> Catch you later. It'll be on a stream. Someone's stream. Later. I had a good woman. But she lay down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she lay down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me?